On the bottom of the racetrack, Kevin Harvick trying to hold off Austin Dillon. The last charge by Dillon. He comes off a four. Harvick's still going to win. Harvick wins the Southern 500. What a fight. What a fight. Heck yeah. I don't even know how we did that. Great job. Welcome to the Full Tank with Phil podcast. We're taking the green flag for another episode of the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And if you're just joining us for the first time, it's a perfect time because when it comes to these podcasts out there making picks on various sports, I think we're the hottest in the game right now. Coming off of a great race weekend at Darlington, we cashed in pretty big on a number of different items, so we'll talk about that. But on this episode, we're going to start there. We're going to recap Darlington a little bit. Maybe some news and notes around NASCAR just uh, to, to lay it out there. Then we're going to get to Richmond, the second race of this playoff round. Another night race. we got to love it. So we're going to talk money line, talk some prop bets, some top tens, and then we'll get to some head-to-head picks. So really trying to do better there. Did a little bit decent last weekend, but I've got some good ones, including a lock this week that I absolutely love. And uh, we're going to round it out with an interview. That's right, Cousin Greg is back. He's finishing up our fantasy NASCAR conversation. It's round two, and we're going to talk Cousin Greg about a different type of fantasy structure that he and I partake in. So don't miss that towards the end of the podcast. It was great to hear from him. So let's start with recapping Darlington. Like we said, it was a great weekend. We crushed it with our picks. I mentioned last podcast how the Daytona race, when it's a night race, I like sitting down and, you know, cracking some beers, having some fun, and I felt like Daytona ended too soon. Well, Darlington, my goodness, it was like the complete opposite. It was a long race. I mean, the announcers kept talking about it the whole time, but you really started to feel it towards the end. Harvick, I mean, he was the guy that we called out. We said it's either going to be Hamlin or Harvick. If you're going to choose between the two, Harvick is the guy. He might have been Johnny on the spot a little bit because of what went down with Chase and the Truex incident there. I know there's a lot of fans on both sides of that kind of bickering this week via memes on Instagram and Twitter. But for us, I mean, we took Harvick to win the race and it really worked out for us. Doubled up that pick because it was plus 300, so cashed in big time there. Then we called out a few top 10s. I mean, we were all over Austin Dillon, plus 215 baby, to finish in the top 10. Great. He finished second. He almost, I mean, he sent it at the end, turn four there. He was going for that win, but just came up short, but we'll take it. I mean, we'll take a second place finish all day and night. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about him in this episode of the podcast. So Almarola also cashed in for us. I mean, it was great all around head to heads. We went two and two. So if you parlayed them, that didn't work out for you. If you bet them individually, then it was pretty much a wash. But if you were someone who likes to kind of pick and choose from the ones that we call out, maybe you were uh, someone who took the two winners. So we're going to look on the optimistic side there and say that there's some people out there. We also, we also, excuse me, talked about Fantasy NASCAR Live, the, the one that NASCAR offers. And we were saying they were offering $10,000 to the person who had the highest score. And we put together a roster there and the Phil's fired up section of last week. We came up 30 points short in our fantasy roster of the $10,000. A lot of people finished ahead of us there, but 30 points in the scheme of things, I mean, it really doesn't seem that bad. It's those stage points that really kill you in that fantasy game. But 30 points, I feel like we did pretty damn good. I mean, in my league on uh, the TMD league, I, I did pretty well there with that roster we put together. So all in all, pretty solid. And on top of that, the daily fantasy roster that we put together, we threw that out there on Instagram for people to peruse, and uh, that didn't do too bad either. We won our head-to-head matchup with that one, so great weekend all around. And as far as the the race is concerned, I mean, pretty solid race. We talked about the incident with Chase and Truex. I think that's going to kind of linger throughout the playoffs. I think a lot of fans anticipate that and kind of hope for it because you love these rivalries. And Blaney really dug himself a hole. He was really the the big storyline on the other side of things. I mean, talk about the guys up front, guys like Dylan and um, Harvick, obviously, doing well. Blaney was the other side of it. He's going to have to really come to life, and we're going to talk about 
his chances later in this episode for Richmond. He's got an uphill battle on his hands, so we're going to have to see about that. So, all in all, good stuff out of Darlington. It was a great race, great weekend, awesome Labor Day. We're loving life, really excited when we hit these numbers to come in and, and start looking at the next one. So, excited to start talking about Richmond. And as far as news and notes are concerned around NASCAR, a couple big items. Auto Club, talking about moving to a, a short track. They're going to reconstruct their whole deal they have going on out there, and they're going to turn into a half-mile short track. I'll tell, tell you what, as the gambler, that's going to be damn hard. We're going to have to really dig deep to try to project the winners when that comes around in 2022, I think they said. Not going to be ready for next year, obviously, but I think a lot of people are excited about that. That first you know, year or so, especially since they're probably only going to go there once a year, it's going to be tough for us to build up enough data to really feel confident for those bets when it gets here. But imagine, you know, no chance anybody would have ever predicted that happening. Very off-the-wall news coming this week from NASCAR. So I'm excited about it. I mean, it'll definitely be different. We'll, we'll get creative when that episode comes in a year or so. But in any case, exciting. And then the other big news, Jimmy Johnson moving to IndyCar. Imagine those bets when that happens. He's going to be riding with Chip Ganassi in IndyCar. And I can't imagine what his odds are going to be. There's going to be a lot of NASCAR fans taking those bets. Uh, It'll be really intriguing to see what those odds are when they finally come out. He's signed a two-year deal for 2021 and 22 to ride select races. So we'll see. I mean, I'm definitely putting a pin in that. And we'll talk about that on the podcast when that comes around because I'm very interested to see what the odds are and then to see what the results are. I think that's what most people care about. But in any case, maybe we'll snag him at a head-to-head and cash in on some good value. But that's wild down the line. Now, let's look at what's immediately ahead of us, and that's Richmond. All right, another night race, and back-to-back, the first of back-to-back short tracks to finish out this first round of the playoffs. I absolutely love this new playoff structure with the schedule. I think this first round, these three races, are just perfect to get the playoffs started. So we're going to have to... You know, really look at this because the odds are out. And before we get to it, let's take a look at the Sean Boy track stats. That's right. It doesn't matter if summer's coming to an end. Even if you're still feeling pretty lazy, you're struggling with your Excel spreadsheets. Maybe you've been just faking it till you make it and they're finally getting on to you and you need some help with your numbers game. Sean Boy, give him a call. He's there to help you out. This is his perfect time of year. He jumps into these Excel files and he doesn't come out until he's got the perfect one. Remember, give him a call. Sean Boy, he's our boy. Now, 127 races at Richmond. Fantastic sample size. Winners starting on the pole 23 times it's happened in the past. And last time it happened was Hamlin in 2016. Put a pin in that. Winners starting in the top five. It's a pretty big amount. 72 times it's happened in the past. That's 57% of the time. And the winners starting in the top 10. Is it important? I would say so. 98 times in the past it has happened. That's 78% of the time. That's more than three out of four times the winners start in the top 10. So it's very important at this track. These short tracks, that's a big deal. Track position is everything. And here at Richmond, it's no different. So starting outside of the top 20, it's happened 11 times. The last time it happened, Kyle Busch in 2018 started 32nd. So coming from the back there, big deal. Now, we also have been zeroing in on some manufacturer stuff, you know, when those trends exist. And this is a track that it does exist, actually. Toyota has been dominant here. Seven of the last nine races have been won by a Toyota car. That's important. And Chevy's going through a bit of a drought because the last Chevy driver to win a race was Kyle Larson. He's not even in the field. So we don't have a Chevy driver that's won in the last like 10 races or so. So very, uh, Interesting to think about when we're talking about the track stats and the trends overall. When we're talking about the favorites, when the lines came out, it's pretty obvious that they're doing the same thing they did last week, except a couple different drivers. It's Truex and Harvick going off as co-favorites plus 400. All right, so you're going to have to make that choice like we did before if you want to take those two. Now, plus 400 is a better number than it was last week. Plus 300, plus 278, or whatever it was, that was a little bit low. Plus 400, it's a little more, you know, to digest. I like that 
you know, a little bit more. Why Harvick? Well, it's because he's the hottest driver in NASCAR. Why Truex? He's coming off of back-to-back -back wins here. He swept in 2019. We're going to talk about that matchup a little bit further in the head-to-head -head section. So the strategy overall, though, kind of remains the same. Now, you want to take a favorite, you're going to have to dissect it and pick the guy that you like most. In this case, I'm actually taking the third favorite, the guy that's going off at plus 450. So he's right behind them. Then take kind of a, a, a middle shot. And if you want to dive into a, a long shot, I do have a name out there. I'm not officially kind of, it's more of a lean for me, but we'll get to him in a little bit as well. So let's just start talking about him. We'll get to these money line picks and we're going to start with my guy that I'm taking as the favorite because he's really up there with Harvick and Truex and it's Denny Hamlin. All right. He was the, the co-favorite last week. I think by the time the race starts, he's going to be tied with these guys as the, the favorite when the odds are um, all said and done at the green flag. He's going off at plus 450 right now, starting seventh. We deliberately avoided him last week, and it was really tough for me to watch the race, but he really didn't do that well last week. So we avoided him, and every time Harvick goes out and gets a win, it feels like he answers right back. So we're kind of banking on that. Now, his stats at this track in his last 10 races, he has a win, six top fives, eight top tens. All right, he won from the pole in 2016. Remember, we said to put a pin in that just because it's a mild trend here because last week when we were talking about the Darlington track stats, all right, Harvick was the last guy to win from the pole in 2014, and then he wasn't starting on the pole last week and went out and won the race. Well, in this case, Hamlin, not starting on the pole, was the last guy to win from the pole. Just, you know, things as you go through these stats. I know that's a little crazy, but in any case, it stands out to me. So 2019, his finish is there in two races, fifth and third. His average finish all time at this racetrack is 9.1. But if you just look at the last 10, it improves to 7.0, which is fourth out of all active drivers. Some pretty good numbers there. And then his driver rating is third out of all active drivers. And he had a perfect score in that 2016 race when he won from the pole. This is his home track. I'm saying that in quotes because... You know, I feel like that's kind of a, a phrase that gets thrown around a little too much. But in any case, I mean, he's from Virginia and this is a Virginia racetrack. So whatever, what the hell, whatever you can get. Right. So seventh in laps led here. He's got 269 laps led three career wins. When we're just looking at his you know, last 10 races, he has the, the one win, but three in his career. And when you're looking at those last 10 races, I, I try to find patterns and I might be forcing this one, but in the last 10 races, when he's finished outside of the top 10, he's had three races later, he won the race. Now it's happened once, but his last three races, 16, fifth, third, and now it's time for that win. So if that trend were to continue, that would be uh, right on point here for that victory. So I know I'm stretching that one a little bit. I get that, but I'm trying to find you know reasons to pull the trigger on this plus 450. I, I like it though. I just feel like this season, when you focus on 2020, he is just someone who is up front every week. He had a bad week last week, and you know the eyes of that team and you know the the level of expectations they've set so far this year. So they're looking to rebound. If they're going to get a rebound race, it's going to be a racetrack like this, a home track, one that he's carrying a lot of stats, you know, towards the, the top of the field here. So I really like it. Plus 450, Denny Hamlin. I, I feel good being able to bet on him again this week. So lock it in. He's going to be my, my co-favorite come race day. Now I've got two more picks for the money line. And, you know, I mentioned the middle of the race or middle of the, the road type of guys. And both of these guys are both going off at plus 800. So let's start by talking about Joey Logano. All right. Plus 800 starting second track position. Big deal. We called that out. Is he a sleeping giant? I mean, I feel like he's there. He had a good finish last week, finishing third. And that was pretty quiet. I mean, no one really called him out. I was watching that race all the way to the end. And I don't remember them talking too much about Joey Logano. So I feel like that was a pretty quiet race for him and just good points race, really securing his way into the next round, you know, because that's what it's all about right now. You don't want to end up like Blaney where, you know, you've been locked into the playoffs all of a sudden 
you know, one race, two races go by and you're below the cut line. So he's doing his job, minding his P's and Q's, looking at the last 10 races for Logano at this track, one win, six top fives, eight top tens. Does that sound familiar? It's because it's exactly the same as Denny Hamlin, except for Logano, you're getting him at plus 800. So really better odds for you as the gambler. And looking at, you know, average finish, this is a stat we harp on, all time, his average finish is 11.1. That's good enough for fourth out of all active drivers. But in the last 10 races, it really improves. 6.0. That's second best out of all active drivers. Would you have known that, you know, unless we just said that? I don't think of Logano as a phenomenal driver here recently, but the stats would tell you otherwise. Now, his driver rating, which incorporates his whole career, He's eighth out of all drivers, 91.0. So early in his career, he wasn't great, but he's really doing a, a good job. Now, as far as laps completed in the last 10 races, there's been 4,000, over 4,000 laps run, and he's only missed one of them. He's run every single lap except for one. It's like 4,014 laps. He's missed one of them. So that's just a, a really cool stat that I wanted to call out because he's expecting to be up front. He's expecting to be there. He's sixth out of everyone in laps led during that time frame. So really good stuff. 288 laps led here. In 2017, he won the race. He was starting fifth in that race. So another top five just goes to show you why this matters, why these starting positions matter at a racetrack like this. And his finishes, this is the thing about Joey. He needs to be up front to really get a feel for it because when he's leading laps, he's getting the finishes that he wants. He's finishing in the top five. All right. So in the last six races, I know that kind of sounds silly to say, but look at this more specifically. In the last six races, he has led a lap in three of those races. And those three races, he finished first, second, and fourth. Those other races that he didn't lead a lap, he wasn't finishing in the top five. So my point is when he gets up front, the, the car kind of just comes to him and he's starting second. So that's going to tell you that he's got an opportunity to do that. And if that trend were to continue, that means he's going to be up there towards the end and have a shot at it. You know, you get that late restart and anything can happen for that 22. So solid value plus 800. This is the, the benefit of seeing a, a bunch of favorites kind of up towards the top, you know, less valuable pick plus 400s are the favorite plus 800. That's right in the sweet spot of a guy who's very strong here. So Lock it in for the 22, going off at plus 800. Next, and the last guy we're going to call out on the money line, I can't resist him once again because his stats are so good. It's Kyle Busch, plus 800. All right, he's starting sixth, and I'm staying with him because of this value. And I don't know if you watched the race last weekend, but have you heard about the, the season with Tony Stewart not winning a race until the playoffs and then ripping off five straight? Have you heard about that one? Because they haven't really talked about that much. You can sense the sarcasm just seething through the microphone right here. They talk about it nonstop. And I think a lot of people are thinking that could happen with Kyle. But if it were to happen, it could be here. It could start right here because at Richmond, Kyle is the king of the stats. All right. So looking at, let's just pick one off the top of our heads here, right? Average finish, all time average finish for his career is 6.8. That is a crazy stat for his career. I typically don't like the career numbers because they're not giving you, you know, these guys who've been around forever, like Kyle, you're not getting a, a sample that's more recent. But just think about that 6.8 for however many races he's been in the league for like you know 12 13 14 years you know so that's just wild that his number has remained that low but if you just focus on the last 10 it drops even more to 5.6 both of those numbers by the way are first out of all active drivers on saturday night so wild numbers there and in driver rating which is a something that I hold in high regard, he's first in that too. 111 driver rating. That is just wild to think about. In his last 10 races, two wins, five top fives, eight top tens. He's completed 
every lap that he's run in the last nine races. So when I'm calling out in the last 10 races, for Kyle, it's really nine because he was injured in one of those Richmond races uh, a little while back. And to really put an emphasis on that fact, when you look at laps led, he's got 553 laps led. That's third out of all active drivers in the last 10 races. And that's with missing a race. All right. Crazy stuff. In 2018, he swept the Richmond races just like Truex did last year. And he finished second in the fall playoff race. So great stuff. If he's going to be coming around, this is a racetrack where it could happen. Again, if you're treating these guys like stocks, this is a buy, buy, buy situation. Kyle Busch, I, I, unless I see something really drastic, because it's not like he's laying goose eggs. He, he had a good finish last week, top 10 finish. He was there. So, you know, if he was finishing 23rd week in and week out, I, I might be a little bit more skeptical. But the value's great. Stats are great. He's running okay. He's got a different crew chief this week. Adam Stevens suspended for a violation last week. I believe it was lug nut situation. Um, What does that do for you? You know, maybe that's the the spark that this team needs. Not saying Adam Stevens is holding them back. I just think you get this situation where it's kind of like, okay, it's us versus the world, right? They're taking our crew chief away from us. These guys rally around that. I think the 18's in a good situation this week to really bounce back and and snag a win, lock themselves in, and be done with this whole monkey on their back thing. So I could see that. Spin that as a good thing. Plus 800, 18 car, Kyle Busch. That's my other money line pick to win the race. So just to recap, we're talking Busch, Logano plus 800, and Denny Hamlin. Lock them in. Next, we'll move over to the prop bet section, and that starts, like always, with some top 10 picks. And this is kind of a segue from the Moneyline picks to win into the top 10 because I mentioned a long shot. All right, we've got a huge drop-off when we're looking at the guys to win the race and their odds. Big-time drop-off from around, like, plus 1,000, plus 1,200, all the way down to right around plus 2,800. And that's where we find our boy, Kurt Busch, to win the race, if you're looking for a long shot, he's one of them. He's going off now, again, this is specifically talking about to finish in the top 10, but I'm saying if you're looking for someone, long odds to really take a shot, Kurt Busch would be worth throwing some cash down just as a throwaway, and if it hits, it hits, because his numbers here are pretty good. And what we saw last week really intrigued me. They took a gamble, and that is directly the way to my heart. All right, Matt McCall took a shot, and the announcers were all over it. They were giving them all sorts of credit because they took a shot and got track position, and they were able to keep that track position on older tires, and it really worked out for them. They were able to get to the end of the stage, and then they were up front, and they finished with a a solid top 10. They got some stage points, really, really did well for themselves. So what that tells me is they've got a team, they've got a crew chief, who's willing to take risks, and they've got a driver who's able to get it done at a place like Darlington. And now, if you take that you know, lens and you put it on Richmond, if they're still willing to take risks, they have a very capable driver at Richmond. All right. In his last 10 races, one win, two top fives, five top 10. So now if we're just talking about finishing the top 10, that's 50% of the time. Again, minus 112 to finish in that top 10. Now, you do have to call out the bad with the good. He hasn't had a top 10 in his last four starts here, so that's the last two years. But for his career, his driver rating is fifth out of all active drivers. And then his average finish in the last 10 races, 10.4. So it's right around that 10 spot. That's eighth out of all active drivers. That's what we're looking for. Where is he starting this week? Eighth. All right, that's because he had a great finish last week for that team. And puts them you know, right up in that top 10 to get it going. So for all of those reasons, I think it's worth taking Kurt to finish in the top 10, but I would really consider throwing out there as my wild card to win the race plus 2,800. That, those odds are just so long that it's really intriguing. So his numbers get it done. I think that team has a good mindset. They clearly had the strategy coming into the playoffs like, hey, we're going to we're going to take risks. We're going to gamble. And I love that. So once you identify a team that's able to do that, it's worth looking at to try to bet on them. And I love it. Next guy we're going to talk about for top 10, Clint Boyer, minus 106. Clint, 
I mean, I'll shoot you straight. He's a bit of an enigma. I can't put my finger on Clint Boyer because they go out and sometimes they do well and sometimes they don't do well at tracks where, you know, they probably should do well. But, you know, then you hear him in the interviews and he's so upbeat that it really puts a, a different spin on it. And you're like, man, maybe I should take that guy next time around. So I don't know what it is, but Clint's kind of got my attention this week. He's going off, like I said, minus 106 in his last 10 races, one top five, six top tens. When we're talking about guys to finish in the top 10, what I like to do right away is just see how who has the most top tens at the racetrack that we're going to, and then try to find the guys who have the best odds and you know, zero in on that guy. And that is Clint Boyer when we're doing that this week. He's perfect when we're looking at that strategy. So he's got four top tens in a row. So kind of the opposite of Kurt Busch, who hasn't had any in the last four races. He's got four in a row. And in 2019, his finishes were third and eighth. So really good stuff there for Clint. And his all-time average finish is seventh out of all active drivers, 12.5. So that's a good number tells you that all time for his career he's been able to get around this joint and his driver rating out of all active drivers sixth sixth so you could probably sit there and think of seven other guys that you would think would probably have better driver ratings at this place than clint boyer but you'd be wrong i mean he's he's in the top of that list there so it's good stuff we talked earlier about Kyle Busch's crew chief getting suspended due to violations from Darlington. Well, Clint Boyers also got suspended. So, you know, is it, I'm really interested, honestly, to see for both of these guys, what happens. I have always thought that when that happens, like Denny earlier this year had this happen to him and he went out and performed really well, like surprisingly well. And I'm anxious to see what happens with these guys. I think for both of these teams, you know, in this case, Clint Boyer, the 14, it's a it's a chance for them to get together and go out and prove people wrong. So this is that spot for them. He's starting 11th, so only need to gain one spot, dude. That's all you need to do. One spot and stay up there. So he can really start from anywhere, though, if you're looking at his numbers, you know, in the last 10 races or lifetime. He's had good top 10 finishes really starting from anywhere. Like deep back in the field, he finds his way through the traffic at this short track. So even more of a feather in your cap here to take the 14 minus 106. So lock it in. I'm digging Clint Boyer this week. And then finally, my last top 10 pick, I'm going back to the well, the three car, Austin Dillon, plus 215 yet again. Phenomenal odds. I mean, I told you what I usually do when I'm looking to see, you know, kind of who to take in the top 10 and kind of compare that to the odds. Well, other than Clint Boyer and Kurt Busch, there weren't really, the odds weren't really that great for the other drivers who had solid top 10 finishes here. In the last 10 races for Austin Dillon, he's got two top 10s. His average finish is 17.2, so not great. This is more of a a right now type of play. Now, he had back-to-back six-place finishes at the end of 2018 going into 2019, two six-place finishes, so pretty solid there. And based on his finish last week, he's starting third this week, so that's very important at this racetrack. They are also a team that is clearly trying to point themselves into this next round. They're feeling pretty comfy right now looking at you know the, the standings and the cut line, and they're trying to stay up there. So might not be taking as many risks early on. We'll see how the race unfolds and then see if they have to really take risks. But for now, to start the race, they're going to be kind of mining their P's and Q's, I would assume. So I really like this for the value purpose. I think it's more of a long shot than these other guys, um, you know, because he just doesn't have the, the overall stats here. But like I said, this is a right now, this is a momentum pick and the odds plus 215. They're just you know, saying, hey, take me. So I really like it. On top of that, I always look for signs, you know, in real life, try to point me into the direction of where to bet. And, you know, it's fantasy football season. We had drafts this week. I'm in two leagues, both leagues. I drafted third. Where's Austin Dillon starting this week at Richmond? Third. What's his number? Three. Threes are wild here. I'm liking it. Top 10. Mark me down for the three car this week, plus 215. Now for some true props. Over under this week, the number they're laying out there is 
minus 112. I'm going with the over. Why? You have Truex, who's a favorite, you know, plus 400. He's, he's one of the co-favorites. It's a big number. 18, Kyle Busch. We talked about why we really like him. We talked about why we like the 22 of Agano. So I think more than, you know, we've seen in the past, there's a, a better chance of a higher number hitting this week. So I'm going to go with the underdog here, minus 112, the over 11.5. I like it this week. Now, and that's, that's the first time in a while that I've done that. Now we're going to go back to the well, though, when it comes to odd or even, and I'm sticking with even. They're big-time favorite, minus 155, but outside of Truex and Hamlin, who we called out to win the race, you're really, you know, kind of stretching. I mean, you got Elliott and you got Kurt Busch, who was our wild card pick, but the odds, they just don't seem to have as much firepower as the evens do when you get, you know, the, the Kozlowskis and the Harvicks, Logano's, Bush, that's Kyle Bush. I mean, there's just... I don't know. It's just screaming to me. It's the favorite for a reason. So lock me in for even this week, minus 155. You might be able to parlay that depending on what your betting site is, the even number and the over. So see what that looks like. And uh, it could be a nice little parlay for you. Now, the last little prop bet that we have here is a group finish. And I wanted to look for a little bit different group. So I'm going with the rookies plus Ryan Newman. I'm going, this is, you know, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, and Ryan Newman. And I'm going with Cole Custer plus 250. Why? I didn't do as much research as I really like to do when I'm looking at the rookies because it was a little bit tougher. Not as much uh, data to pour through. I had to really dig into Xfinity stats if you really wanted to learn that information. And I think Bell is the favorite in this group. He must be pretty good at this track. But I'm taking Custer because he's the only playoff driver out of these guys. And I think that, you know, they're really, they have a lot more to lose. So they're going to be racing harder than say, you know, some of these other guys. So I'm, you know, plus 250, really good value there. And uh, he's the second favorite, I think, in that group. So I'm going with Cole Custer. Now, I did put a bet like that out there on Instagram last weekend, and it didn't really pan out for me. I took Bubba Wallace in that group and he finished dead last. So uh, might need to do a little bit more research, but I'm getting back on the horse with this one. Cole Custer plus 250 to win that group. So that'll do it for the prop bet section. I like all these top tens and these little true props. Lock me in and we'll be good to go. Vegas, baby. Vegas! So now we've reached the section that's been giving us fits, and that's the head-to-head section. We did a little bit better last week, though, because the past few weeks ahead of that, we were one in three. And I just absolutely hate that. But uh, last week we bumped up to two and two, so 500. But I'm starting this section with an absolute lead pipe lock. And it's an underdog pick to boot. All right. We already talked about one of these guys, but the matchup is Kurt Busch versus Ryan Blaney. This is a mismatch. Blaney going off at minus 134 to Kurt Busch's plus 100. Somebody isn't doing their job at the sports books. I'm telling you right now, that number will not stay the same. When the green flag waves on Saturday night, that number, there's no chance. And if it does, they're really not doing their job. So let's break this down because this is a mismatch. We talked about Kurt. We love him in the top 10. Almost like him to win the race. Just to reiterate his you know, numbers quickly, because we did harp on him there. Average finishes eighth out of all active drivers. Driver rating is fifth out of everyone. He's got a win here in the last 10 races. Just solid numbers overall for a driver. This lock is really because of Blaney. All right. Horrible, horrible stats here. Like one of his worst racetracks. And I think he's on record as saying that at one point. Like this is one of the, the tracks that's just in his head. Zero top 10 finishes for his career. His best finish is 17th in his career. 17th. His average finish, 25.5. All right. Just absolutely dismal. They do not like this racetrack. They're starting 15th compared to Kurt Busch's starting 8th, I believe we said. So just a mismatch here all around. And I would imagine that the sports books are just looking at, you know, the fact that Blaney's just had an overall better year, but they're not looking at the Richmond stats, I'll tell you that. And they're not looking at the fact that Kurt Busch has some momentum coming in from last weekend. 
Now, I'd have to imagine the reason he's a favorite off the bat could be if they are taking all that in consideration. Maybe it's because they're saying, okay, he's dead last right now in the playoff hunt. He's 17 points below the cut line. That team is going to need something big to get them back out of this hole that they dug themselves. But I just don't think Richmond is that track. I mean, I don't know yet what his stats are at, at Bristol off the top of my head. We'll get to that next week. But this week, I just don't see it. Head-to-head at Richmond, when they're on the track at the same time, eight races for Blaney. So the last eight races, Kurt is 7-1 and one versus Blaney. Now, that one win did come last race, but... Regardless, I mean, seven and one, that's just pure domination. So to see that Kurt was plus 100, I was just in shock. In shock. Lock it in, the lock of the week, the one car over the 12. I typically like to parlay all my picks and then, you know, bet them individually. I might just take all of that money and bet it all on this one because I'm feeling really good about it. But I'd just be totally disheveled if this one didn't hit. But let's take a look at some of these other ones because we do have some interesting ones leading up to uh, the big matchup, the slobber knocker, as they say. So the next one, Jimmy Johnson versus Eric Jones. This is another one that got my attention because of the odd situation. Eric Jones going off at minus 135 to Jimmy Johnson's plus 100. Similar to what we just saw. The young guy getting the the favorite line. And this is another good one because both these guys not in the playoffs, and both these guys have some distractions going on this week outside of the racetrack, right? We have Johnson, who we talked about racing IndyCar next year. They're going to be swarming him all weekend, asking him questions all about that before the race, after the race, like it's just going to be nonstop. And you have Eric Jones, who's trying to secure a ride for next year. So he's got those distractions all over him. So it's an interesting one to take a look at. Now, This is another one where the stats don't match the odds. Jimmy Johnson is one of the best racers here at this track. In the last 10 races, two top fives, seven top tens. All right, his driver rating for his career is 10th out of everyone starting on Saturday. His average finish in the last 10 races is 5th out of all active drivers. It's 8.1. And the thing that is weird about that is when we talk about guys who, you know, we we look at their average finish for their career, and then we focus on the last 10. And I kind of called that the Jimmy Johnson effect, because typically, you know, we see the guys who are getting better average finishes in the last 10 races, but Jimmy, for his career, typically in the last 10, he's going the other way. He's worse in his last 10 races. Not at this track. His average finish lifetime is 14.1, but in the last 10, it's 8.1. So he's better here lately. And that's the Jimmy, you know, recent Jimmy. So interesting there. And four of his last five starts, he's finished in the top 10. So all this stuff about Johnson not being the guy he used to be, not at Richmond. I mean, that's that's not what we're seeing here. He's not dwindling at this racetrack. It's just not happening. Now you look at Eric Jones. He's been here only six times. So completely different sample size, only six races, one top 10 in his career. It was a sixth place finish in 2017. He got DQ'd last race. I mean, I don't remember what the circumstances were there, but that's going to hurt him as far as the average finish is concerned because average finish is 20th for his career. He's never led a lap at this racetrack, so never saw what it's like to be out front at Richmond. And uh, it's just completely night and day when you look at Jimmy. I mean, there's not much more to talk about with Eric Jones. And when you look at these guys head-to-head, Johnson has the 5-1 lead in six races here. But yet Johnson is plus 100. I don't understand what the thought process is there. Maybe because Jones is coming off of a a decent finish at Darlington? I don't know. I mean, I I really don't understand what the makeup there of that matchup was, but I'm taking Jimmy Johnson, the underdog, again, just like we did with the matchup before. Not as confident, but I, I am liking the Johnson pick over Jones. Now let's take a look at a couple of Jimmy's teammates. These two have been battling head-to-head. I feel like the the books always put these guys against each other. William Byron versus Alex Bowman. This is even money. Both going off at minus 115. They're battling all year, and and they're also battling kind of within the points, too. I mean, they're both above the cut line. Byron plus 9 to the good, and and, uh, 
Bowman plus 19. So Bowman a little bit higher up in the, the standings right now, but it's, uh, you know, anything can happen. And they're both Chevys. So we mentioned, you know, Chevy kind of struggling here to win the race in the last 10 races or so. But this is pretty straightforward when you're looking at the stats. I mean, four races for Byron. His best finish, 12th. His average finish, 17.2. And his driver rating is 16th out of all active drivers. So then you just do the same thing for By or for Alex Bowman. Six races, his best finish is 12th. Same thing. His average finish, 23.2. So six spots worse than Byron. And his driver rating is 23rd out of everyone in the field. That's not good. I mean, it's not even in the top half. So with that being said, you look at these guys. I mean... I'm seeing these stats and I'm like, all right, Byron has the advantage there, but it's only a little bit and there's not much to go off of head to head at this racetrack. They're two and two. I mean, Byron's only been here four times, so there's only four races to judge them on and they each have two wins. So then, you know, I'm kind of thinking, all right, well, what's the deal? You know, Byron still has some momentum, but Bowman had a good finish last week. What's the 2020 season look like with these two? Is there anything that's kind of pulling away or anybody, you know, jumping around here? And Byron, surprisingly to me, has the 16 to 11 lead in their head to head matchup this year. So that's going to lead me to take Byron this week. Uh, you know, the stats would tell you that he edges the match just a little bit. The head to head for the season is kind of the, the cherry on top. Byron and I, we've got history. You know, anyone that listens to this podcast um, week in and week out, he, he seems to burn me from time to time, but I'm going to harness that energy that he has going in coming into the playoffs and and doing well so far minus 115 in the 24 car that's the pick on that one and now we're leading up to the big showdown the two favorites right now going off at plus 400 to win the race each they are minus 115 a piece in this head-to-head matchup kevin harvick versus martin truex jr i mean this really is the the big guns all right Let's dive into Kevin Harvick first because he's just the man with the plan right now in NASCAR. But in his last 10 races, zero wins at this racetrack. Seven top fives, though, eight top tens. That's damn good. Average finish is third out of everyone. It's good enough for 6.4 and four straight top 10 finishes. His driver rating is second. So he's got the stats. All right. His career numbers are good here. His recent numbers are good here. Kevin Harvick, if you're simply a stats guy and, and want to bet off of that, Kevin Harvick would be the, the one to go with here. Now, if we talk about Truex, in his last 10 races, two wins, four top fives, seven top tens. Now, he's a tricky cat, tricky character to try to pin down because Truex had those struggles on short tracks for a really long time, and now he's finally coming around to it. He's won back-to-back at Richmond, and so now the question is, can he do it three times in a row? Because it feels like in this matchup, you know, head-to-head, one of these guys, you know, it's almost like they're going to have to win the race to win this matchup because these two are so good. But can he do three straight? That's a good question. Now, before he went back-to-back, his race before that was third. So in the last three races, I mean, that's just really, really strong numbers there. His average finish for the last 10 races, though, is 10.3, it's good enough for 7th on the circuit, and his driver rating 7th as well. So, like I said, it's really been more recent that he's seeing success on this racetrack. So, you kind of have to decide, you know, is it career numbers that you want to go off of? That's your pick with Harvick. Is it the more recent stuff? Truex would be the guy. Head-to-head, 7-3 Harvick in the last 10 races. But if you just look at the last 7, it's 4-3. So he won in game seven, you could kind of say. Um, My pick for this one, I'm going to go with Truex. I think, you know, Harvick, they're locked in. They've got their win. Truex has just been so close. I think Cousin Greg's going to touch on this in a bit when we talk to him. But Truex has just been the bridesmaid for too long. It's time for them to break out of their shell and grab a win. This is a track they can do it. It's going to be tough to, to win three times in a row. But... To win this matchup, I think they could do it. So mark me down for the 19 in this one. It's going to be a good one to watch, I'll tell you that. But I really like uh, the 19, maybe Harvick letting off the gas a little bit this week, and and the 19 keeping it down, so lock me in there. So just to recap, all the picks, we're going with Truex over Harvick, minus 115. 
William Byron, minus 115 over Alex Bowman. Jimmy Johnson, the underdog, plus 100. And my lock of the week, Kurt Busch, plus 100 over Ryan Blaney. I love it. Go out, place those bets now because those numbers are going to change. To finish off the episode this week, we are bringing on an all-time favorite guest. He's one of our only guests to ever come on. It's Cousin Greg, and we're talking about Fantasy NASCAR. Last week, we talked about the, the main offering that NASCAR has, and it's really the, the only way to play on most websites. Well, we do things a little bit differently. It's what we know and love, and we're going to talk about what it is we do with Fantasy NASCAR, get into a little bit, because we've got a, a matchup coming up head-to-head, so we'll talk about that. And a little bit more. Talk about his picks for the week as well. So let's bring in Cousin Greg. All right. Well, now we are going to bring in a former guest of the podcast. Uh, you know, pretty much a regular. He is someone that you could say is a fan favorite. Did get one message at one point on Instagram asking, where's Cousin Greg this season? And so we will now welcome in Cousin Greg. How are things? How you doing? Good, good. Happy to uh, be back. Appreciate you having me on. I'd love to hear that people are actually asking about me. Yeah, yeah, we have some Cousin Greg fans. They need their locks of the week. Now, you know, Greg just bought a house, so he's been a little busy. It's understandable. I'm assuming he bought it with the money that he uh, won from listening to the podcast. Am I right, Greg? Absolutely. I hope some of the uh, listeners were buying into those uh, lock of the weeks because, my goodness, they were on fire last year. Well, now you got to, you know, share the wealth because if you're pumping out locks, we need them. We'll have to, you know, hit you up as the rest of the season unfolds. But we brought Greg in this week to finish out our two-part series about fantasy NASCAR. And the reason Greg's here is because he and I partake in a different type of fantasy league. Last week we talked about NASCAR Fantasy Live, that's the the typical offering from NASCAR proper and most other sites like Yahoo or when ESPN offered it, you know, they have the typical thing where you have a roster that you can tweak all season and you have a certain amount of starts per guy. We do things a little bit differently, right, Greg? I mean, it's it's uh, depending on, you know, your flavor. That's why there's chocolate and vanilla, but we do a thing where it's way more similar to fantasy football for anyone who is used to that. And um, we just have a draft at the beginning of the year and there's six of us. So that's, uh, you know, either a positive or negative. I don't know how you would think of that, but six of us and we draft five guys and we start four of them. So uh, that's pretty much what we do. And there's not much tweaking throughout the year. I mean, maybe a trade or two and if guys get hurt or whatever, but for the most part, that's our roster, and uh, we roll with it. We have head-to-head matchups, just like in you know regular fantasy sports. So that seems to have been working for us, Greg. I mean, we've been doing it for a while. What's your take on this? Yeah, I basically, like you were saying, from what we've done in the past, I love the head-to-head just because it's fun to, A, have the draft. The draft night is one of the greatest nights when we all get together, shoot shit, and go down the list. Um, but the fact that you go head-to-head with someone – just makes it more fun. Um, we do the, you know, you have a, a salary cap and you're just picking guys to fill the $100, $100 cap, whatever it might be. Um, it's, the season's always run away. You have the guys who just happen to pick someone early in the season who does really, really well and they have them at a little value and they just run away with it. Um, the way we do it, it seems like everyone's still pretty much in it as long as you don't completely shit the bet. And the thing I really like is because what I like most is the fact that when you pick that that dark horse going into the season, right, it's usually around like the, the third or fourth pick uh, for your roster. If you get that guy who was just a sleeper pick, you have yourself a hell of a year. And it's always fun to see who that guy is going, in, going throughout the season. So that's one thing I like about doing that to add with the six guys. That's true. And, you know, we are talking to a former like back-to-back-to-back champion here. Greg has dominated our league 
the last few years, and he just seems to have a knack of finding those guys. And I think this year for a little while, so we had a, a newbie in our league this year, and he was just going with uh, some of the younger guys. And for a little while, he, he had a rough start, this guy that we're referring to, but he drafted Tyler Reddick, and Reddick was getting him some good finishes and being that guy that you're talking about, Greg. And um, it really looked like he was going to maybe propel – Andrew is his name uh, to the playoffs, but he's kind of fallen off. And then, uh, you know, he had some more stuff go wrong. But for the most part, I mean, that that middle part of the season, he was humming pretty good there. So that's exactly what you're referring to. And, you know, it, it the head to head matchup for me makes it more fun. What you were referring to. I mean, we, we've flirted with a bunch of different ways of doing this. And we did flirt with like the, the DraftKings league, you know, each week kind of putting together a, a roster with a salary cap. And, you know, I think it really boils down to, A, the draft night, like you mentioned, is really fun. And, B, if you get a group that typically is is into it, but maybe, you know, it's just a, a little too much maintenance to be hitting it every single week, this is perfect for that, right? Because there's so little maintenance involved unless somebody wants to offer a trade, which is also pretty rare. So that's another benefit, especially for – you know, our group. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I wanted to mention is I love the fact that we have our guys, right? So you're always cheering for the same guy, um, especially if you get the dark horse sleeper. It's just nice to know that, like, you're looking for the same guys to do well each week and you have a little bit of loyalty towards those guys versus picking out a different lineup every week. You know, it, it gets a little hectic. You're cheering for different people all the time. I like having my guys and rooting for my guys week to week. So, that's another plus I find with this setup. Yeah, and that, that's 100% true. And then you start to, for a whole year, you get loyal to guys, and then draft night comes along the next year, and you kind of have to break those loyalties to, to make sure you're putting together a decent team for the next year. Because yeah, true. even though you, you love those guys, you know they're no longer your guys. It's a tough, uh, tough thing because you do really start to follow them specifically. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And we love this method so much that I I think our original site was ESPN, if I'm not mistaken, Greg. And then yeah, when, right. when they dropped NASCAR Fantasy, we loved doing this so much that we used to still do the draft and put together all of the stats each week on our own homegrown website just to keep this alive. So uh, now we found a, a site called Fantrax that handles this for us. But, you know, we were doing this manually for a little while, and it was a – Still pretty fun, but a little intense at that point. It was fun to be able to have our own website, though, <laughs> that we could share with the public. I wish we still had something like that so you could put it on the, uh, the Instagram, the podcast, and all that good stuff. Let some uh, web designers make fun of us out there. Yeah, that would be, that'd be a good, <laughs> good idea. Uh, so one of the reasons why we're doing it this week is because you and I are playing each other this coming Saturday night at Richmond, Saturday night showdown. Can't get any better. You know, two rivals, Phil and Greg, taking on each other. Playoff race, it doesn't get much better than that. So just to to give a breakdown here, I'm currently in second place with a season record of 15 and 12. But kind of what Greg was saying earlier, you know, you're never really out of it. Greg is in fifth place, which is outside of the playoffs. Top four make the playoffs for us. And his record is 13 and 14. He's only two games back from first place. So... Very, uh, or, or, you know, second place because I'm tied for first. So that's, you know, part of it. And, and big matchup, I think, for both of us this weekend because I'm going for that first place spot. Greg's trying to cling to the playoffs. What are your expectations heading into Saturday, Greg? I know we're going to be talking some shit. Yeah, well, I'm looking at a three-game win streak here, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. Team started out a little bit sluggish, uh, but I don't know. I got Kevin Harvick on there. Eric Jones, who you could argue he's out of it, but small chance he's fighting for that win, so I think he might have a good turnout this week. We'll see. Yeah, so so to paint the picture here, Greg's got Harvick, who has really kept his team afloat, I mean, because Harvick has been the guy, and he mentioned Eric Jones fighting for a new ride next year, so he'll definitely be racing hard. He's got Ty Dillon, who... I don't know, a little bit of a lame duck. Uh, Geico just left the 13, so I'm not sure what he's doing next year. So he might mentally be out of it. I don't know. Hopefully for me this weekend, he is. And then William Byron, who's coming off of that win at Daytona. So, you know, he's in the playoffs. And 
Part of what you're drafting for in February when you do this is you want playoff drivers on your team. And, you know, Greg's got two of them. He just missed Eric Jones as a third playoff driver because those are the guys who are going to get you points right now when you really need it. Um, I would say that, you know, Harvick will definitely be there towards the end. So you're set up pretty well throughout these last 10 races. I've got Ryan Blaney, Jimmy Johnson, Ryan Newman, and Martin Truex. Um, Newman obviously hurt me a little bit this year, missing races and then kind of shitting the bed altogether. But Truex has been my guy. Blaney for the beginning part of the season was my guy. And recently he's starting to fall off. I'm not expecting much from Blaney this weekend. So it really comes down to Harvick versus Truex, Greg, this weekend. And then the other guys kind of seeing where they fall. I think I still like my team better. Um, honestly, not to be biased looking at the, the rosters, I think Ty Dillon's going to kill you this weekend, to be honest. Yeah, I would agree. And although, I, although I have Harvick, I honestly think Truex is going to be our guy this week. Um, not to jump ahead, but since I brought it up, the lock of the week is going to be Martin Truex. I'm telling you, he's going to pull it away. You're giving us a lock of the week to win the race, not even just a head-to-head. You're saying Truex I'm, is the winner. I mean, how can you even consider anyone else? If you look at his last races, I mean, the guy is absolutely on fire. Mine's last week. So let's let's wipe that from the board. I thought that didn't happen. It was a, uh, you know, a scrub race. An incident. Yeah, it happens. He has finished top five in every last eight races prior to last week. I mean, five third-place finishes in a row. Two twos and a fourth. That's incredible, incredible. So I, I, I understand the argument for Hamlet, but Jeff's going to run away with this. He hasn't had a win in a while. He's he's Jones and for it. I don't think. Uh... I don't think it's a bad pick. I mean, he's going off as one of the favorites, plus four hundred as we speak. So yeah, I mean, you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, Hamlin's going to be my pick. Um, to win the race out of those, you know, top three guys, really. But Truex, you know, lock it in. I mean, the Cousin Greg lock of the week. Depends on who you like out there. Uh, the Cousin Greg lock or, you know, the, the full tank fill picks on a weekly basis. I don't know. Who are you loyal to? That's the question. But uh, Truex. This in there just before you move on. I'm looking at racing reference here. Last three races, Truex has won twice and finished fourth the third time. So, you know, it's just racetrack currently. He does, he does own it. I mean, he owned it in 2019. Back-to-back wins. He swept the races there in 2019. And this is coming on the heels of really taking forever to get his first ever short track win. Once he got it, I mean, he was just ripping them off last year. So, yeah, very important. Now, the question I pose to you is, you know, can you win three times in a row at the same track? It's almost like uh, like football or hockey. Like, can you beat the same team three times in a year? Like, that's tough to do. Three races in a row at the same track, Greg? Is it possible? We'll find out. We'll find <laughs> out on Saturday. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If Truex wins that race, I'm going to win our matchup, and that's going to bode well for me in fantasy. So I'll take it. I'll take your lock. That's why I'm kind of uh, going to, you know, hedge my fantasy a little bit. Put some, some money down on Truex to win. If he wins, I'm happy, you know. But obviously, fantasy's going to go to the, the shitter. But either way, I'm welcome happy. Sounds good. Well, Greg, um, really appreciate you joining us. Any other uh, thoughts for uh, the listeners this episode here? Uh, I'd say if you guys are looking to make money, stick with me. Also, I think it would be nice to get a little parlay action in. I think if you're going to go to parlay, whoever they the head-to-head matchups end up being, you got to go Truex, Hamlin, and I, and you mentioned this earlier, but I'm with you, Kurt Busch. I think he is he's, he's in a spot to, to top Kyle in points for probably the first time in, I don't know, a decade. So, if I'm the older brother, I'm loving that. So, Whoever's, as we're recording this, we don't know what the head-to-head matchups are yet, but you're saying look for whoever Hamlin's facing, look for whoever Truex is facing, and if Kurt Busch is in a matchup, parlay those together and, and put them out there that's what you're saying yes sir so what we'll have to do is uh, we'll have to have you send me anything that you're seeing like that match it up and i'll post it on uh instagram for people to weigh in on love it 
Great. Well, we'll have to get you back on as the playoffs unfold for some uh, more locks of the week, whether it's the race winner. He's getting a little cocky this week or, you know, head to heads. Cousin Greg never disappoints. Greg, thanks for coming on and we will see you in a little while. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate you having me. Always a pleasure. Well, that was our interview with Cousin Greg. And you can follow us at Full Tank Phil on Instagram. I'm going to post our head-to-head matchup for our fantasy league. Let us know who you think could win, if you have any opinions on that. And if you have any thoughts on the way we do fantasy compared to the way you do it, let us know what you like about it or what you don't like about it. Definitely interested to hear what other people think. Well, that's the checkered flag for yet another episode of Full Tank with Phil. Get out there, place those bets. We're feeling pretty cocky. A lot of momentum coming in to Richmond this week. Loving the Moneyline picks. Loving our head-to-heads in that lock of the week. Don't forget about that. Line your pockets this week at Richmond and get ready for the final race around one, Bristol, next weekend. We're going to that hot as well. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time. No place to go. Place to go, darling. Have no place to go. Have no place to go.